Hey, hey! Welcome to episode 55 of the Authors Read podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Jennifer Kahnweiler, and she'll read from her book, Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, How to Unleash Everyone's Talent and Performance. Introduction. Harnessing Introvert Power in Your Organization. It was 1985. I was the director of a college career and placement office on a large university campus in the Midwest. Each spring, the engineering and business graduates lined up for a day of interviews with companies like IBM, GE, and the big then eight accounting firms that came to recruit fresh hires. The candidates look pretty similar, white, male, and from the same geographical area. The rare woman was sprinkled in. I remembered one day in particular a long-haired, blue-jean-clad company recruiter from the San Francisco Bay Area walked in, and he was all anyone could talk about. Our students felt uncomfortably overdressed in their IBM-appropriate uniform of blue suits and red ties. Then we learned he was representing a new technology company with the name of a fruit, Apple. The Apple rep's unique appearance was actually a peek into the future, a future in which the the traditional rules of the workplace were being upended in more ways than dress alone. Blue jeans and long hair on men were one form of self-expression that took hold in workplaces. Many other forms of diversity followed. We now all know that to perform at the highest levels, large and small organizations must diversify their workforces to mirror the diverse categories of people whom they are attempting to serve, women, people of color, LGBTQIA, and those with disabilities are some of the most obvious groups. Fortunately, more organizations are now also considering an expanded definition of diversity, categories like lifestyles, personality characteristics, perspectives, opinions, family composition, and education or tenure, according to the Gallup organization. In their research, Gallup learned what much of the current literature on diversity already espouses. They said employees in inclusive environments feel appreciated for their unique characteristics and therefore comfortable sharing their ideas and other aspects of their true and authentic selves. And this connects to the productivity of the organization as they capture more ideas, creativity, and many perspectives. Strengthening the argument for diverse workforces that reflect the real world, founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, has warned of the danger of companies becoming, quote, monocultures, unquote, and, quote, echo chambers of uniformity. Here's the danger of a monoculture, he said in an episode about blind spots for his podcast, Masters of Scale. It starts telling itself self-reinforcing stories that can diverge from reality. Thankfully, the business and ethical case for diversity is no longer in question. However, there is one area of diversity that is not being talked about enough. This aspect of diversity, which falls under the umbrella category of neurodiversity, is temperament and it includes introversion and extroversion. Neurodiversity refers to the different ways the brain can work and interpret information. It highlights that people naturally think about things differently, 
We have different interests and motivations and are naturally better at some things and poor at others. What is an introvert? Psychologist Carl Jung first defined introversion as energy coming from within. Think of personal energy as if it were a battery. Extroverts charge their batteries by being with people, while introverts draw their power from going within. That is, an introvert is someone who is energized by quiet, alone time, and conversely feels drained by social engagement. By the way, did you know that almost half of the population identifies as introverts? Below, or, um, in this book, we describe the most common traits of people who identify as introverted, and they seem private and reserved, at least at first, exhibiting low-key emotional expression. They come across as calm and humble, require quiet time for reflection, prefer advanced preparation rather than being put on the spot, prefer written over verbal communications, is an engaged listener, prefers focus, focused conversations with small groups or one-on-one -on -one interactions over large group events, is comfortable with silence. The introvert-extrovert spectrum. Think of introversion as falling on a bell curve. There are outliers or people at each extreme end of the curve. These are the friends, family members, and teammates we refer to on the extrovert side as social butterflies or on the introvert side as hermits. Most people fall somewhere in the middle range of the introvert-extrovert spectrum, leaning slightly towards one side or the other. And we all possess different qualities that fall into both camps. Introverts use extroverted traits and extroverts use introvert, introverted traits sometimes. Similar to ambidextrous, which describes people who can use either hand to write, the term ambivert describes those of us who effortlessly shift between introversion and extroversion. An example of a group required to move back and forth between the two temperaments is salespeople. They must listen deeply, which is an introvert strength, and also be able to talk enthusiastically about their products an extrovert strength. While I do find some people identify with being ambiverts, in my experience, most find they connect more with the terms introvert and extrovert than the term ambivert. Here's my litmus test question to determine whether someone is more introverted or extroverted. Do you absolutely have to have quiet recharging time after being with people? If you answered yes, then you likely are an introvert. If your answer is more along the lines of, I like to take breaks, enjoy quiet and slowing down, but breaks are nice to have, not must-haves, you are most likely an extrovert. The difference between shyness and introversion, one of the greatest and most damaging myths about introversion is that it equates to shyness. It does not. Shyness is driven by social or psychological anxiety, and it can be debilitating. According to the American Psychological Association, shyness can, quote, keep people from interacting with others even when they want or need to, leading to problems in relationships and at work, end quote. While shyness and introversion sometimes overlap, they are not the same. And the problem with equating the two 
is that being introverts gets painted with the same negative brush as being shy. Unlike shyness, introversion is not a problem, flaw, or something to overcome. It is simply how some people are naturally wired. It is an asset and it deserves to be embraced. Validating introvert strengths. I often ask for volunteers in my primarily introverted audiences to call out the strengths of introverts. After a slight pause, there is no shortage of answers as people let their words land. Starting like a light rain shower, they say, quote, observers, listeners, end quote, and then a torrent emerges, quote, writers, humorous, reflectors, calm, resilient, deep connectors, and so it goes. You can see people sit up straighter as the list of introvert talents and contributions grows and as they acknowledge their many strengths. There is no denying the powerful influence or influence of these descriptors. What anti-introvert bias looks like. It was 2010, the year the first edition of my book, The Introverted Leader, came out. I received a call from a well-respected business reporter at the Wall Street Journal. She was writing a story about introverted CEOs and revealed that she was having a great deal of trouble finding anyone who would talk on the record. Though she had identified people who appeared to be introverted, they refused to publicly disclose any challenges and triumphs related to their introverted natures. Fast forward to a few years later, I was near the end of a rollout of a training program on introverted leadership and awareness for a division of a Fortune 100 consumer products company. Just as we were about to kick off the pilot, the program's executive sponsor, an introvert himself, nixed the word introvert in the course title. He wanted to replace it with a watered-down title about personality type. His reason? Introvert, he said, was a negative term. Despite being an introverted leader and the sponsor of a program on introverted leadership and awareness, he was still sufficiently biased against introverts that he didn't want to even use the word. Cut to today, there is observable change in the air of workplaces. Movements like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, and LGBTQIA rights are marching past the picket lines into the halls of corporate America. And while some say the changes are merely lip service, others are encouraged by new corporate funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion training, employee resource groups, and training and development programs where little existed in the past. Yet, there is still little strategic planning around crafting more introvert-friendly workplaces. Isolated changes within introvert-inclusive teams or even departments are a step in the right direction. But without a greater organization-wide strategy, they rarely lead to systemic change. Furthermore, most organizations are not open to addressing introvert-related issues at this higher level. And even if they are discussed, ideas remain mostly at the discussion stage without significant changes being made. Hidden pockets of introvert-friendly excellence. The good news is that several prominent organizations like NASA, Bosch, and Merck have implemented intentional strategies to harness introvert power. These strategies include practices like job redesign, 
executives publicly sharing their introverted leadership journeys, the creation of spaces for communal solitude, and the development of alternative meeting processes that honor introvert preferences. Open discussions and training about introversion and extroversion as a component of diversity are also becoming more prevalent. But even as these encouraging practices are being implemented globally, little is known about their effectiveness. There is a great need to understand more about these cutting edge initiatives and bring them to light. I believe that this is how we help the workplace catch up with employees who are shedding their own introvert biases and bringing introversion into the light. I have found hidden pockets of excellence where people at all levels of the organization are driving positive changes that bring out the best in introverts. You will learn about Joe Sostum in this book, who created an introvert-friendly open space plan that improved collaboration. And you'll hear from Carolyn McGregor, a vice president at Merck for whom learning about introversion was transformational. She now inspires others to embrace their introvert powers as she has. And you will also learn creative, introvert-friendly workplace best practices, like having employees create their own user manuals to help their coworkers understand how to best work with them. I'd like to thank Jennifer for sharing her book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!